0: Welcome to the Eury First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Triver. We've been exploring what healthy relationships look like in our series called Something New and Different. Pastor Quint Lindblad has been leading us through this series, which has examined what our identity is in Jesus and how we control only 50% of any one of our relationships. Last week, Pastor Quint and his wife Erin took a look at holy marriages, including how to manage conflict and growth. Today, we're wrapping up our series by answering this question. What happens when we're striving to maintain our end of the relationship, but the relationship is still marred with strife and hurt? That's what Pastor Quint will examine today. So let's get started. Here is Pastor Quint.
1: My name is Pastor Quint. I am the executive pastor here at Erie First, and it has been my privilege to put together these last three, or these last two, and then today's message, a series on relationships. I hope it has benefited you. Uh, it has benefited me just in preparing it and revisiting some stuff and, and and really getting back to the core of like what what is God's plan and will for our relationship. So if you've been around these last couple of weeks, then you know the ride we've been on is the first week we looked at Psalm 139, 1 through 6, which talked all about how how intimately known and intentionally designed we are by our Father in heaven. And actually, as Andy was up here singing. Uh, and, and saying this morning about our brokenness he god kind of unreal uh, un uh, revealed excuse me a new layer of that to me Even that is intimately known by the Father. We don't need to hide that from him. And so we're going to get into some of that today. But as he was sharing that, I just thought, man, like, I was talking more just like our identity in Christ and how when we focus on that and we get that well-rooted, we're bringing our healthiest and holiest 50% into every relationship. That's what we talked about the first week. But honestly, even in our brokenness, our Father knows and sees that. And has a plan for redeeming that. And we're going to get into that today. Then last week, uh, my wife joined me up here. Didn't she do an awesome job? I, I love getting her rounds of applause. She deserves more than I could ever give. Uh, but anyways, we talked about 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. We looked specifically at romantic relationships, marriages. Uh, but honestly, the principles that we learned in those verses can benefit any relationship uh, that, that we participate in. And so let me just remind you what some of those things said love each other deeply, offer hospitality to one another, use whatever you have. Use whatever gift you have to serve others without grumbling was even it, it, part of it. I mean, it was really just a great reminder and great instructions that we can take into our marriages and then also just our everyday, ordinary relationships to love each other well, to love each other deeply, and to encourage each other. So that's kind of the last two weeks. And as uh, we got home last week, my wife and I were talking, uh, I, you know, the Holy Spirit and I hadn't really landed where we were going to go to wrap this series up. Uh, But as my wife and I talked, the answer kind of revealed itself pretty quickly. I think there's one blaring question, glaring question, I don't know which it is, but there's one large elephant in the room that I think needs answered, a question that needs answered as we're going to wrap this series on healthy relationships up. And that would be this. Let's say you have done what we talked about. You've worked on Psalm 39, 1 through 6, remembering your identity in Christ Uh, building yourself up, focusing on what's most important, you are applying those principles from 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11, you are, uh, you know, trying your hardest, then the question that I think needs answered is this. What do we do when we can honestly say we have given our best effort, we are striving to bring our holiest and healthiest 50% into our relationships, and there is still too much struggle and too much hurt? there's still too much tension and too much pain. Essentially, what happens when the other person isn't doing their part, and therefore there's still strife in the relationship? And that's what we're going to go after today to wrap this series up. Uh, Because like I said week one, I said good news. You're in control of about 50% of every relationship you participate in. Bad news. You are only in control of about 50% of every relationship that you participate in. And so I think, I know that God has instructions in his word on how we would handle this. I think he has a big rescue for us waiting today. So let me pray, and then we're going to read from Luke 15, verses 11 through 31. Yes, all 20 verses, okay? Uh, You can follow along on the screen if you don't have your Bibles, but this is a very Uh, popular parable. It's the parable of the lost son, okay? But we're going to look at it in a new way today. So let me pray. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for meeting us in this place, in our worship, uh, for just revealing yourself to us in new ways. And my prayer is that these words would not be mine, but yours, and that you would reveal yourself to us in new ways on the topic of hurt and pain and brokenness in relationship. So would you meet us in this place, and would you show us something we've never seen before? And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, Luke 15, verse 11, it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything... There was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is now alive. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is now found. Okay, today to get started, I wanna ask you a really big question. Please do not answer it out loud, but you can answer it in your mind. And my hope and my prayer is by the end of the day, we can all answer it in a very similar way. The question is this, which brother are you? There was a man who had two sons. Which brother are you? Let me start with a personal story. When I was a kid, I had a best friend I met in the second grade, we were eight years old, and our birthdays were 30 days apart, exactly, and we did everything together. We played the same sports, loved the same music, did the same things, Uh, both got stick-shift cars when we turned 16, Uh, everything, everything we, you know, if one of us did it, the other one did it. We were like peanut butter and jelly, okay, like people said our names like synonymously, everything that we did. Uh, The one exception might be I was a musician, and he wasn't, but he hung out with my high school rock and roll band like he was. There was really no separation between the two of us. And then uh, somewhere in high school, we were both raised in good Christian homes. We went to a Christian school. And somewhere in high school, we really got off track. We both became the younger brothers in our stories. Okay. We, became, we, we went off and sowed our wild oats. He was leading me in bad places. I was leading him in bad, bad places. We were following each other in bad places. I mean, I, we don't need to get into the nitty gritty, but essentially, we, we kind of did our own thing for a little while. Um, and then somewhere in college, this was about 14, 15 years ago, somewhere in college, our relationship came to a very abrupt end. Very, like, it, we went from talking every single day to no communication for an extended period of time. And I can't, I'm not going to get into everything that led to that, but essentially we both had what I would call come to Jesus moments that we shared, and I actually did. And I I can't say that he did. Uh, And so I felt uh, convicted, and I have a friend, a pastor friend, who says God doesn't have grandkids, he only has kids. And I think in that moment, I realized I had been riding on my parents' faith for far too long, and I decided to make it my own personal faith. And so I started working on me, and I started doing some of what we talked about and remembering finding my identity in Christ and not in the things that I do and doing the things from 1 Peter 4 that we talked about last week and trying to love each other well. Um, But honestly, deep down inside, I had this nagging frustration or anger even with how this friendship ended and in my eyes, it was almost all his fault, okay? And so I had uh, this revelation or, th- or this um, experience where I was just very upset. And this, I would say this. I did have a revelation in this way. I knew enough not to be mad at God about it, and I viewed myself as completely in the right. So that left one person as the guilty party, right? And so um, I really struggled with that. And then early in my new personal faith journey, as I was pursuing the Father, I read a book. And the book challenged me to consider something I had never considered before. And that is, uh, see, I had viewed the world as I have been hurt in this scenario, this relationship. I have been hurt by people, events, and things. But this book actually opened up my eyes to the fact that literally everyone has been hurt by people, events, and things. And it it forced me to decide, am I going to trade in my me-centered view of this world for a God-centered view of this world? And I had to start asking, what does God see when he looks down on this situation that I'm frustrated about? And the answer is, there was a man who had two sons. And I started to understand, for the first time, We were right next to each other for our entire upbringing, and I thought because of that close proximity, I knew his experiences, but he had a totally different view of this world, and he had been hurt by people, events, and things, okay? And so because of that, I I started to understand, and Luke 15 teaches us that the Father... Is in this story, he's understanding and he's compassionate and he's filled with grace. And we as Christians say we're pursuing that Father. And so we should become understanding and compassionate and full of grace. And what I had to come to realize, and what I think the message God wants us to hear this morning, is I had become the older brother. It is easy for us to read that story and look back on our past and the things that we did that were getting us far from God. And, and see how we're the younger brother, right? But what happens far too often when we're not careful is we become the older brother. Not on purpose, but we start to project our progress on those around us, maybe who are in the faith, maybe who aren't, and we start to have opinions and, and resent how they are experiencing or filtering or processing this world, okay? And I think the message and the rescue for us today is that that is not God's plan at all. But there was a man who had two sons. And no matter how close our proximity is to someone else, we cannot say that we know exactly what they have experienced. Also, I would point out that the older brother in this story almost views his younger brother coming back as a net loss for the kingdom. Like somehow, this is bad for my dad. This is not. This is not. He viewed it as a net loss for himself more than anything. And that is not the story either. But this is the kingdom of God we're talking about. And any redemption, any restoration that we see is to be celebrated, Okay, And we can't project how fast we think it should be going on other people. So I want to go all the way back to the top. My opening question, what do we do when we have done all that we can do and there is still too much hurt in a relationship? I think the answer is this. I think it's what the older brother in Luke 15 did not do, but I think it's what we, what we all have the chance to do. I think we consider the other person's journey. We bestow a level of dignity upon them that says, I don't know what you've been through. And I don't know the experiences that have come against you and how you see this world. And so I'm not going to project my opinions in my process. I'm going to trust my father in heaven. And if he's excited about you coming back, if he's excited about what you're doing, then I'm excited. And I think that is the lesson that we need to understand and embrace. The Bible says that the father ran to the younger son when he was a long way off, okay? And we need to pray that he does that exact same thing to others, to those that, that might have hurt us, okay? You might be saying, how? How does, this, how does this work? In that same book that I read, there was a scene where a father and a son had just the worst, worst earthly relationship possible, okay? And in this uh, book, it shows their reunion in heaven, And all it is is celebration. All it is is excitement and and healing and love and reunion. And I think this is the rescue that's waiting for us at the end of this series on relationships and at the end of this message today. The rescue is this. We can trust that whether it happens on this side of heaven or when we get there, there is healing and restoration Waiting for us. Hebrews chapter 6 says we have this hope as the anchor for our soul. And that hope is this this life is a blip on the radar, but eternity is forever. And so when we stop insisting, when we stop insisting that it has to happen in our way, on our timetable, but we truly surrender it over to God and let Him work it out in His timing, it might happen here or it might happen there. But either way, it doesn't negate or it doesn't diminish the level of miracle. Both are amazing and healing miracles. And that, I think, is the lesson for us today. So you might be saying, this sounds, sounds good. How do I do it? I think we did some of it this morning in worship, and I want to invite us back into a, to that space. Now, I think you do it by you, you invite Jesus into that spot that just hurts too much. I think you invite the Holy Spirit in and you say, can you just, can you just heal this? Because I can't, I can't keep holding on to it. It just hurts too much. And I'm really happy to say that that's, my friend and I are good friends again. I talked to him last night for 45 minutes actually about his kitchen remodel. Um, but you know, even if that isn't how it went, even if we didn't experience that restoration on this side, I know we would have there. And I'm so glad that when he was a long way off, the father ran off the porch towards him. And I'm so glad that he found that restoration that he needed. And I had to let go. I had to release my timetable and my personal pain, really, and just let God do what God does. And so I want to invite you this morning. We're gonna stand. We're just gonna worship a little bit as we get ready to, to end this series. But we sang this song earlier. And it says, I know that breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. God has made me a promise and he will not stop now. And his presence is our open door. We can step into that presence right here this morning. He can be our open door to healing in this place. And then when we're all united in his presence in heaven, the healing we will experience i've said it before but when we worship it's the one thing we can do with those who have passed already that they're currently doing it's the one activity we can participate together with them so i want to invite you you might have people who are gone that you have hurt but you can let it all go you can let it all go and you can just trust and rest in the promise that there is healing and restoration waiting for you you can experience it, you can experience it today and you can truly taste it when we get to heaven. Hebrews 6 says we have this hope as the anchor for the soul, but that is where hope will be realized. Hope realized is what we're clinging to. So let's sing this this morning, and let me pray. God, I thank you that your presence is our open door to healing. As we step in to your presence through worship as your church, would you heal broken hearts this morning. Would you restore? Would you bring back what only you can bring back? And would you show us how we can let go of being either brother, but we can become more like our fathers?
2: Amen. Father, we just lift our hands. We lift our hearts to you, God. You are so good. You're so good. You keep your promises, God. You're a covenant keeping God, hallelujah.
1: thank you for meeting us in this place and through this series and through your word, Lord, through the, through the reality that you have a plan and a will for every relationship that we participate in. And so may we seek you more. May we seek you deeper. May we know you in new ways. And may we live in new ways because of knowing you in new ways. We praise you and thank you for what you're doing in this place and in our hearts. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Erie First
0: Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series, videos, and podcasts at eriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.